0: Hello and welcome to The Scaling Edge. This is the internet talk program that focuses on the hard-won lessons of battle-hardened entrepreneurs. I am your host, Michael Brooks. We also have Max. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have a very special guest today, an M&A advisor for digital businesses that want to, digital small business, small to mid-sized businesses that want to scale or sell. Mr. Steven Kilberg, thank you for being on our program. Thank you for being a part of the Scaling Edge. Did I say your last name right? You got it, Michael. Thank you
1: very much for the warm introduction, and uh, I look forward to our chat. And I hope to share some information that your guests find valuable. It's the really the point of this conversation.
0: Well, that's what we're looking for—one or two things that is somewhere in your experience that you can transfer knowledge, and then we'll see where it goes from there. But uh, ultimately, somebody's got to somebody's got to pick up. What you're putting down. So let's talk about what you put down. First, how did you get to where you are today? How did you become a, an MA advisor or mergers and acquisitions advisor for digital SMBs to scale or sell?
1: Uh, well, I, I give the short version because I'll say I'll respect everyone's time, you Uh, I had a start. I started an e-commerce business after a job separation and that some family issues needed flexibility, grew it from an idea to seven figures. And then this thing called COVID happened, which was kind of a crushing blow to our business. Now, just prior to COVID, I was actually talking to my wife about selling it, but I, we had a conversation there. I said, but if I do this and this, we could double it or maybe triple it. So that was the decision. And then COVID happened, things changed. And so I realized that I still wanted to sell it, but then we had no product for months, which I won't go into, but I knew I wanted to sell it. And so I needed to learn some more about so I joined a group. Long story, linked up with a colleague. He had a bunch of deal flow to he Some help. He knew that I knew how to do the digital marketing aspect of it. And a lot of businesses that we focus on are primarily business that we focus on are in the digital space. And so now I've been doing this for the last year and a half, helping businesses from all over the world. So e-commerce, SaaS, apps, publisher, like, Affiliate websites or blogs or just content websites, and we're taking them across line because those business owners have grown those assets, and now they've chosen to sell for a variety of reasons, and that's how I got involved. And it's, and it's utterly fascinating because we have clients from all over the world.
0: Well, that's exciting. Yeah, I saw on your LinkedIn that you were a uh, you were a Two commas Club with the uh, Click Funnels. Was it a Click Funnels business that you were running? That you were that's correct. Yes. So I had an e-commerce business and that's
1: one of the key components to our success with ClickFunnels with the, the whole process of sales funnel system. We made a purchase on the front end and then we upsold them. And we're just arbitraging paid traffic into our funnels. And when I started that, the thought of spending... $20 a day it freaks me out. But then once we got going and I learned how the, all this works, we were spending a couple thousand dollars a day and then we had to manage all the inventory and that's just another whole thing that you don't don't realize. You learn as you go. But that was what kind of led to a big blow with our business because we ran out of product. Our supplier was closed during COVID and we we're a smaller uh, you know, business. We weren't ordering 10000 So anyway, that, that's a long story, but that's kind of what led to Did you me. end up selling that e-commerce company? No. So that, again, took a crushing blow. But now because I've learned the MI side, I've learned so much more. So we're in the process of rebuilding that so we can sell it. So now I know exactly what
0: to do. Not that I didn't before, but I've I clearly learned more. Okay. So what M&A deals, like what's your best M&A deal? So we've sold e-commerce businesses. Again, we've sold app businesses. Uh, we've sold a couple
1: of software as service or SaaS businesses. And so they're all different, of course, but there's common themes that I've and this one I want to share with your, your listeners. I I'll get some value out of this is that there's some common mistakes or holes, I should say. That a lot of business owners that they're, again, they're not, they're not taking advantage of the assets that they build, right? So you think about this. They've been, they're having the email list, They've got customers. I and mean, if I had to boil it down, there's really a couple of things, three things that business owners are not doing right now. They don't know their avatar deep enough. And what I mean by that is for the RE commerce business, for example, I knew that our ideal buyer was a Forty-eight-year-old female that lived outside San Antonio, Texas, was married, college-educated, worked in the medical field primarily was a nurse, drove an SUV, had an iPhone, had a child, therefore, and liked to run on
0: the weekends. I knew all those details. Do you, how did you acquire all that that understanding of your customer? That means. What were you selling? Like we were, we are in the
1: fitness space. My wife, yeah, my wife's that's a great question. We're in the fitness space. My wife's a marathon runner, so we started saying, "Hey, can we sell some accessories in the running niche?" And that's what we sold. And it was a low-ticket item. we once we got our ads going, like I said, we we're putting a dollar into Facebook, getting two and three dollars back out, which is why we're spending a thousand dollars a day on ads. And you're just doing that many times over and into a funnel. But that's how we got torches. You buy the ads yourself, or did you work with an agency? I did it all myself. Then I hired some agencies along the way as so I was trying to scale and then realize they're not doing anything better than I'm doing. So why am I paying them? But then I would take it back. But then there's times I had to manage my time. So I did work with a few of them along the way. But yeah, so I I know how to do all this.
0: Okay. So back to your M&A deal. You, you, were, gonna, you were saying the things that people have to- Correct. Yeah. The loss they do have to make. So they don't know their average hard deep enough. And why that's important is that we we'll love them
1: to then talk to their prospective their customers through ads or through social media content in the right form to understand their pain points, understand who they are at a very, very deep level, which then relates into their building an email list or their business list of either prospective customers or customers, and then they're not building a deep enough relationship with that list. So think about this, they're building an asset of an email list or SMS list is now growing as well. And they, I cannot tell you how many business owners I talked to they have list size of 10,000, 20,000, 50,000, 120,000, and they don't email their list. They, they'll Or they'll email it just occasionally a couple times a month, maybe a couple times a quarter. And it's money that's sitting right front of them they're choosing not to do that. Now, I made the same mistake. We did it on the email list, but not enough to where there's just a whole bunch of detail to make that. But that is the staggering thing. And then a third thing, which ties into all these things, they don't know their numbers. It is staggering to you. It's like, well, I ask well, what does it cost you to get a lead? And they have no idea and they should know that number down to the penny. Like I knew our numbers. That's one of the reasons we were successful. I knew what I could spend on Facebook ads. Now ads, platforms of cheap. The whole iOS updates, but I knew down to the penny what I could spend. And ads. had to, the funny story is there was a time when we were growing a business. So when it really caught a lot of dots queued together, we were already growing and I'm sitting, uh, we were visiting some family and they had television on the background. And one of our competitors was running a television ad. I think all of us would understand and agree that it is the most expensive form of advertising. It's television in prime time. So here we are, eight o'clock uh, Thursday night, prime time TV, and there's one of our competitors running that. And I started laughing because I recognized I'm a guy. My life, traveling is with that point we were traveling the world, and I was competing with that brand. We don't have to be that large, but I was able to compete with them because they knew all of this.
0: So the the two most important aspects that you've touched on is one, know your customer profile in great detail. And the other, is know your numbers in great detail. Know how much it costs you to acquire a customer. Know your lifetime value. Know what your profit per email is. I agree with all of that. But let's get back to the former. Uh, knowing your customer. I mean, mm-hmm. you rattled off where she went to work and what her dog's name is. How does someone get such a detailed profile of their customer. How do you figure that out?
1: It's a great question. The data is out there. The sources are out there, but most people I found have Need no idea what they have no idea what to look. And it's right at their fingertips. Some of it's going to come from Facebook. Some of it's going to come from their Google ads. Some of it's going to come from other more other pixels and other data aspects that can they can actually are available. A lot of it's free and some is paid like there's services you can take your email list which we know either your buyers or s- subscribers, you can you can split those out. Most business owners should be doing that or they should be able to do that. And then you, you can all those. Again? They, sh- they should do what? So in their email, auto, in their CRM, if, if, let's talk about e-commerce, for example. If they have a Shopify store. They have a list of buyers. You can easily pull a list of buyers. But in that, you're going to have the addresses and you're going to have all the data, right? Address, and email, and phone number. You can take that information, and upload it to services service, and then do a matching, saying what type of information do you, can you match this on. So it'll be like maybe up to your sixty percent match rate. So if you take ten thousand names, you upload it to a service, and then you say, "I want to know the specific age." Right? And you're going to know roughly the age at that point. But I am shocked the amount of business owners I work with now they have no idea.
0: So, so there's, there's a through. there's a service you can take your emails, and then it will help you understand your customer.
1: Correct, because they're basically thing about them; they're a giant data. That has this same email across other touch points that they've aggregated. So that an advertiser or a business will then upload the list to that and pre-populate it with more information. Because I'm saying, well, my customers are buying these types of products, fitness. They then tag that. It's all anonymous. But they'll that, that
0: report back to me. It's a little dangerous giving your customer profile to some third-party platform. Isn't it? it is, but this is a trusted platform. You
1: can just choose, to leave the emails. It depends on what you want. to which,
0: which which platform do you use?
1: Which one do you trust? The one that I have used. I'd be ask that question before real quick. So I'm drawing blanks right now. There are a couple of them out there. What Give me a second. Called, like data hygiene or yeah, it's data matching email. Basically, you're appending your emails. So you just Google that. You should be able to find there's services out there that will do that. But just to give you an example specifically on this, is like then you can upload your data and you can say check a box saying, I want to know their income, I want to know their education, and it will match based on what it has it spits that data back to you. Cause what I'm trying to do is really get that deep understanding of who my avatar is, who my ideal buyer is. And it's like taking your email list when you do a custom audience to Facebook and you upload it back to Facebook. People do this all the time and it doesn't match rate, it does about a 16% match rate on average. 50, 60, maybe 65%. Then you create a custom audience. You're telling Facebook, here's my buyers. Find me people that look just like this and what they're doing. Not to get too technical, but they're running what's called their regression analysis. Behind the scenes, I know this because I used to work in direct mail and that's what we did. It's just all statistics. You're taking the data, you're modeling across a larger set of that data that once you match it, you can find out very rich information, all statistics. I'm not a statistical person, but I know enough about that. And it's just a matching technique. So this is why Facebook ads work so well, because they can create a lookalike audience of your current customers. And anybody
0: listening to this that's done Facebook ads will, will know that. Yeah, of course. Okay. So it's about knowing your customer profile. Yep. Right using these data append platforms, find a trusted one, do your own research and append your data so that, and do a test. Say, I sell fitness equipment and I want to know all this stuff about them. And then see how that helps you. You don't have to put your whole list there, but you can put a black chunk of it and get a good profile from a chunk. And then that helps your targeting. That helps the way you target your ads. And then your numbers. If someone's out buying ads, right, or running their, their digital business, what are the top, five numbers they need to know obviously it's cost per lead or cost per acquisition yep. what else do you look at average transaction or initial uh,
1: transaction value your average cart value is the third most important thing and the fourth one is lifetime value you mentioned that earlier michael that number right there when i ask business owners now it's in the m&a space
0: something about this you got a business that's growing EPA, the, the aov and the ltv ltv you got it. the cost per acquisition lifetime value an average order value. We're using cost and cost per lead as well,
1: because not everyone's going to buy. Right? You got to capture that email lot. So those are the four numbers that they, a business owner should know, front to back and back to front, and they should know it down to the penny. Down to the penny. if they know that, if they know that, they will never look at their business the same way. Never.
0: Well, that's brilliant. All right, so now you you have an idea of a you you advise some some company comes to you, mm-hmm. you understand who their customer is and what they're selling to them, and you understand your numbers and and you understand the pathway of their business, how how can you help somebody that maybe is trying to get there or is there scale or sell? Great question. So first of all, we come, we'll look at those components right there. So if I get to
1: detailed conversation about their numbers, because once I know their numbers, I don't have to know their business in detail, whatever their niche is. For example, I'm just consulting with a skincare brand. I'm not, I'm a male. Secure Doris emails. I don't know anything about that, but it doesn't matter to me. It's just data and numbers. I ask them, what is your lifetime value? And the answer I hear over and over and over again is, I have no idea. So I calculate, I help them calculate that. Once we calculate that, then I said, okay, what is your, here's the other thing that people don't realize that you're thinking, even doesn't matter if it's e commerce or SaaS or whatever, what is your cost of goods sold? What does it cost you to fulfill your product or service? You need to know that down And I asked them, you're, you're, you're a physical brand, you're an e-commerce business. What is your cost? Yes, you've got a bunch of SKUs, but you should be able to, you should know down to each individual SKU, but then you can average that out or across all your products. You're gonna have but
0: you got 20 SKUs. So you was gonna people to get their numbers proper. Yep, correct. And then let's say somebody wants to sell, how do you help them sell? How do you bring them to market?
1: Right. So once we then we're gonna need a P and L because they're gonna have to produce that. It's all the the value of a business is gonna be based on the financials. At the end of the day, that's unfortunately the reality. And then one of the challenges I have to deal with in that cell was a lot of businesses will say, I've worked really hard at this and I think it's worth this. The reality is the financial state's worth this. And that's a conversation. It's a very tough conversation I have to have with them because it's just, because if you say your business is worth a million dollars, I have to look at the numbers and say, you know, it's really worth 200000 And they don't want to hear that, but it's just a reality because if I put it in the marketplace for a million no one's going to buy it. The reality is there's savvy up buyers out there. And there's multiples, just think about this like a house. There are average multiples out there for businesses as a back of the envelope that you're going to get a ballpark idea. Now, there's certain other tangibles that are coming in are intangibles. once you enter a negotiating tactic. But at the end of the day, businesses work what a seller's willing to accept for price, what a buyer's willing to make an offer. It's just like real estate if you think about that regard. So if your business is producing $100,000 in net profit in, a, in the Digital space, we're talking about SDE, which is seller discretionary earnings, which think about it as EBITDA. But these are not public companies. These are small private entities, but you're listed and you're selling an asset because they're small in size. So if you have $100,000, and I'm going to give you an example here from an e commerce perspective, a back of the envelope in this short conversation, you could say three to three and a half months. So that business could be sold for 300000 to
0: $350,000. It might be worth that's important. important. So you, if you have a run-of-the-mill Shopify ClickFunnels right. site, and you got some products, and it profits a hundred thousand a year after it, all your
1: expenses are out,
0: yeah. After all your expenses are out, profits that might be worth three hundred, three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Approximately, yeah. Now, if it's a SaaS business where there's recurring
1: revenue coming in every month, that's more valuable. That's going to be worth five to five and a half. So take that same number. If it's a SaaS business producing a hundred thousand dollars in profit, it's worth a half a million to five hundred. And, but again, now this ties back to the other stuff, know your numbers. If you know those numbers and you know, for example, my lifetime value is $225 and my cost of car customers $50, how much would you spend to car customers? I would spend as much money until that math stops working to lead to my profit, my P&L to say how valuable do I want to sit? So if I want to sell business for nine million dollars, you can just re-engineer everything backwards once I don't like
0: Okay. So you're an M&A. Right. I think you know in M&A, the golden rule is you're as good as your last deal. So what were the numbers of your last deal? What was the last sell? The actual
1: sale, we've got a couple we're, clo- we're supposed to close on right now. We're talking a business for $1.89. Same, it doesn't matter the business, but it's all the same. Whatever the financials. E-commerce or ZAS. It's actually an agency. We'll sell agencies as well. That's something I forgot to
0: conclude or mention. So, so did agency. Digital, digital ad agency. And so that's probably going to get worth, what, three?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, three and a half. This one's a little bit, unique. you could actually, in the agency world, you could actually look at between three and five. It depends on how the model is set, but let's say three for this conversation. So three and a half, I think it's about three and a half for this
0: one. depends so on the diversity of client base and how they bill and their whole structure. You're looking yeah, at correct. three and a half times earnings. So let's say three, you said three and a half. Okay. Three and a half. That's, that's damn deep. Three and a half times earnings. So if they're making a million dollars a year, you're selling them for three and a half million dollars.
1: Yeah, they're actually a little, their net profit is a little bit under a million. We could get over two million for it, but the owner has decided to, you know, take it a little bit lower because he wants to think about this. If a, a buyer comes in and says, well, oh, this is really worth 2.2, 2.4, they're willing to sell it for one point just below a million. And I make them an offer and they accept it, and we got a deal. And we're just literally about to close on
0: that one. And that was wonderful. It? So, and then sometimes that's how it happens. People just weren't out. They do. So, well, exactly. Steve, why don't you tell us where people can find you? Because I have a feeling somebody's out there going, I want to sell my thing that has been taking my life and my time and my attention. And I don't know my numbers and I need Steve's help. How do they find you? How do they get a hold of you? How does somebody work with you or ask or, or seek to work with you if they think there's a value there?
1: Yeah, no, great question. Thanks, Michael. Uh, they can go to skrpmedia.com slash scaling. I use that for you guys talking about the scaling edge podcast to make it easy. I just right. put scaling. So skrpmedia yeah. the S I'll, I'll put i I'll send the link to you guys skrpmediacom forward slash scaling. And that will take them to a form to answer a of questions and then I can set up a free call with them. And a lot of times that free 30-minute call will just give them some rough ideas, just a fresh set of eyes to look at their business. And if they want to chat further, we can do that. But every time, I always promise I can guarantee the one thing we're both going to learn something in that conversation that will not waste their time.
0: Well, that's, that's amazing. Max, we're going to throw that URL in the show notes. Yep. Steve, we appreciate you being a part of our program today. Thank you for being on the scaling edge and sharing your insight of which I think it is valuable. Remember the two things, right? Know your customer, know the profile of the person buying your product or service and know your numbers. The top four, the top four are cost per lead, cost per customer average order value or average cart value and lifetime value. How much do you make with that customer for life? Okay. Steve, thank you for being part of our program. Thank you for being on the Scaling Edge. We appreciate it. We will see you soon. Cheers.